the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Humble. behaviors and addictions have long been a pandemic in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. God wants everyone to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. It is a joy to be with you live every Wednesday here in the KKHT studios. If you were listening closely, you may have heard that uh, the sponsor of the show has changed. We've changed from New Covenant Church Greater Heights to New Covenant Church in Humble. And the reason for that is that, you know, we started New Covenant Church Greater Heights in March of 2020. Uh, We had three services before COVID shut us down. And we've we had a a wonderful, wonderful, joyous time in the Lord, worshiping the Lord for two and a half years, almost three years, I guess. And um, but a couple of things happened, and one is is that my pastor, Pastor Frank Mazapika, uh, called me back to New Covenant Church in Humble. That's the parent church where I started, and uh, where I was ordained, where I had my training, and. Um, Secondly, uh, you know, I'm a, a full-time practicing lawyer, and I have a family, and my wife and I uh, have effectively adopted our nine-year-old niece. We're raising her, and um, I have a recovery ministry. I'm a pastor at, at the Open Door Mission. In fact, I'll be heading over there after this. We have our ministry, Break Every Chain, that I founded in 2015, uh, that goes over there every Wednesday night and. Uh, worships with those guys. I'm a head of the spiritual committee, and I'm on the board of directors at the at the Open Door Mission. You know, God has been so good to me. I've wanted to shout from the mountaintops, as as we read in the Bible, just uh, shout from the mountaintops about how good God is, and how people don't have to live the way they they are living now that are under the bondage of of addiction. Uh, but you know, people are recovering from all kinds of things: divorce, depression, anxiety. Um, loss of a job, pride, anger. Uh, you know, people aren't just recovering from drugs and alcohol. People are in bondage to all kinds of things. But in any event, um, it became a little overwhelming uh, for me. I'm a trial lawyer, and I read somewhere, I'm not sure if this is true, but I read somewhere it's the second most stressful occupation um, 
in the in the world or in the in the country next to the first was underwater welder i'm not sure but it's it's stressful and it's demanding and then you know my my heart is with my recovery ministry and i kind of had to decide do i want to keep pastoring be the senior pastor at a, at a church or do my recovery ministry in addition to my family obligations and and my ministry my recovery ministry work and and you know i just believe that god's called me into recovery ministry i knew he'd called me into the middle of the city, but I think he called me to the open door mission. So anyway, Sunday, we had our last service at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. It was a joyous service. We felt a lot of love and and it was a a wonderful, wonderful send off. It was with bittersweet because we did have some wonderful worship there. Uh, But I want to invite everybody now to where I'm an assistant pastor, uh, New Covenant Church in Humble. We were really just an outreach from, from that ministry anyway. And, um, you know, it's a wonderful spirit-filled Bible-based non-denominational church. And so we worship there on Sunday mornings at 10 p.m. And I won't be preaching as much there as I did in the Heights, but I'll be preaching some. And, and uh, you're all welcome there. And Frank Mazapika is a wonderful pastor who's been preaching for 40 years and, and just does a, a wonderful job. And I think you'll feel loved. You know, that being, be- you know, if you're if you're in recovery or you know somebody that needs to be in recovery, Joining a Bible-based church that truly believes that we should do what Jesus said in Luke 19.10, that he came to seek and save the lost, and that recognizes, as, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, that we are new creations in Christ when we accept Jesus Christ. I, when I came into recovery, I didn't really have a relationship with, with Jesus 10 years ago. I believed in God, but I wasn't living for the Lord, and I felt so welcomed and so loved when I got baptized there and and began to change my life, and and God began to change my life, and and I, I began to walk with the Lord, and and make that hit my relationship with Him the most important relationship in my life, and it's a loving, welcoming church. So everyone's welcome there. Sunday mornings at 10 p.m. and and Wednesday nights at seven. Now I'm not there unless I'm preaching there on Wednesday nights because I'm at the Open Door Mission, you know. But we do believe that. And I want to talk today about about what's key in recovery, but also what's key to the rest of us. There are people listening to my voice right now that aren't in recovery, have never been addicted to anything, and you may be saying, why should I even listen? But I want to talk to you about why Jesus came and why I think it's important to support people and even get involved in recovery ministries or prison ministries or at least contribute financially, volunteer, whatever God calls you to do. You know, we've all got a purpose, we've all got a ministry, and, and they take different forms. But I want to talk to you about why it's so important. Uh, number one, it affects our society so greatly. Uh, Do you know that under the age of 45, more people have died last year from um, fentanyl overdoses, one drug, fentanyl overdoses, than from COVID? I mean, it is it is an epidemic, it is a pandemic, and it's been with us for centuries and, you know, I read an article today that said COVID, we're on the downside of it. It's about over as a pandemic from the World Health Organization. I don't know if they know what they're talking about or not. But in any event, clearly people are still getting sick and people are still dying, but at much lesser numbers. And hopefully God's going to send it into the void. But it's not going to go away, the addiction pandemic. And let's, let's, look at, let's look at Scripture. First of all, we're called to imitate Christ for, uh, Paul writes in First Corinthians, we're called to imitate Christ. Of course, none of us are going to do that perfectly, but that's what we're called to do. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 19.10, as I said earlier, I came to seek and save the lost. In, in, in Mark, he, he says, you know, the uh, healthy don't need a doctor. It's, it's, it's those that are, I've, I came not to, to, 
preach to the righteous, but to, to those that are lost. That's really what Jesus called in in First Peter two nine. God, we read that God calls us out of the darkness and into His marvelous light, and that's what He did for me, and that's why I'm on this radio because I want to shout from the mountaintops as we read in Isaiah. I want to shout from the mountaintops about how good God's been in in my life and how good He wants to be in your life. You know, in John three sixteen we we read, but so often we don't read John three sixteen through seventeen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In 2 Peter 3, 9, Peter writes, God wants, and the Holy Spirit, through Peter through the Holy Spirit, God wants no man to perish, but all to come to repentance. The actual verse is, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, God loves us. You know, my message to these men in the Open Door Mission, by the way, the Open Door Mission takes in the most severely addicted and homeless men in the city, and through God, being obedient to God's Word, transforms them into not everyone that comes through the doors, but those that go through the full seven months. I don't care where they've been, what they've done, they get jobs, they get job training, they get a place to live, and they become productive citizens. In fact, you know, the COO, the chief operating officer there went through the program. One of the pastors over there went through the program, and I'm proud to be associated with it on the board and a pastor there. But, you know, we read in Luke chapter 15 that God's a forward-looking God. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, the parable of the prodigal son. Prodigal, of course, I don't get too in detailed this, but prodigal meaning extravagant. The son takes his inheritance, goes out with wild living. Uh, you know, I, I lived that, so I, I understand. Not through an inheritance, money I made, but anyway, same principle. Um, wild living ends up in the pig slop, thinks uh, my father's servants eat and live better than I do, goes back, and, you know, he expects as he's going back, he's contrite, and he's going to tell his father he sinned against heaven and against him. And, you know, probably expected, like many of us would, that his father would be sitting there with his hands on his hips saying, "Uh uh-huh, told you so. But that's not who our God is. Uh, The father in the story, which represents our our God, and and runs, sees him in the distance and runs to him, runs to him, and, and puts on a robe and puts on a ring and puts on the shoes and says, kill the golden calf and says, we're going to celebrate because my son who was lost is now found. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. All of heaven rejoices when one man comes to repentance. If you've never been in, in anything to do with addiction, to participate in that, <coughs> as I have the honor of doing and going to the Open Door Mission and seeing the light in these men's eyes as we minister to them, as they begin to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's no greater feeling. We are called to imitate Christ. We're called, of course, for the Great Commission, to make disciples of all nations. We're called to, to uh, you know, in, in Mark it tells us to preach the gospel to all creation. Excuse me one second. <coughs> Thank you, Don. My producer just helped me out. I had a scratchy throat. Excuse, excuse me. Anyway, we're called to create, to make disciples to all nations. We're called to, to preach the gospel to all creation. We are called to imitate Christ, to go out and seek and save the lost. That's why this work is so important. 
You know, Jesus started his ministry in, in Matthew four seventeen. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, that repentance is very important. Repent, of course, we need to change around. And what Jesus wants to do is change our hearts. Not that we'll be perfect, not that we'll never make mistakes, but that we have a, a new heart, the kind of heart that he had. That's what he wants. And he said it a little bit differently in Mark one fifteen. It's it's written, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel, the gospel, the good news. Man, when when people who are down and out and get a hold of just how good of news this gospel is, just how wonderful it truly is and how it can change your life and turn everything around. Man, that's just a glorious time. And, of course, all of heaven rejoices. You know, God leaves the the 99 to come after the one. All of heaven rejoices when a single sinner comes to repentance. In Luke 4.18, Jesus announced it a little bit differently. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Yes, indeed, we're called to imitate Christ. And Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. Jesus says, follow me. You know, everyone is recovering from something. Depression, anxiety, loss of a job, bitterness, pride. But we learn in the book of Revelation that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I'm giving a mini version of the, the sermon I gave in our last farewell service Sunday night. You know, that we are what people that are down and out. You know, there's so many people that I've got to get it in their mind that are that are under the bondage of addiction. So, so many of them have, have listened to the lies of the enemy. They feel that God can never forgive them. God can never love them. God can never use them. And those are lies from the pit of hell. We're saved by grace through faith. And that grace will never stop chasing us down. And that faith is so valuable. First Peter 6, 7 says that it's more precious than gold, refined and tested by fire. In Hebrews eleven six, we learn it is impossible to please God without faith. God wants to partner with us. And in doing so, he spent the Holy Spirit to indwell in each of us. You know, the whole Bible is a book about Exodus, Exodus out of Egypt, Exodus out of our personal circumstances towards liberation towards freedom. That's what, you know, when the sun sets free is free indeed. When I can get that, these men and women who are under the bondage of addiction to realize that, that they can be set free, that God loves them more than they possibly can understand. Man, that's a wonderful thing. I'm going to try to fly through some of what we talked about Sunday night. You know, the Bible starts out, it's interesting. The New Testament starts in Matthew uh, a genealogy, and I'm, I'm sure, of course, I did for many years. Well, why does the bat, why does it start out with a genealogy? But God makes a point through Matthew's gospel, because if you look at that genealogy, it's very different than the typical Jewish Hebrew genealogy. For number one, women aren't supposed to be mentioned, and in, in this, and certainly not imperfect women. But here we have Tamar dressed up like a prostitute to fool Judah and secure her place in the family. We have. Rahab, a prostitute and Canaanite. We have Ruth, a Moabite. We have Bathsheba, who we know, of course, is the product of adultery and murder, King, King Solomon. I mean, we have all these imperfect people in the genealogy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God's sending a not-so-subtle message that everyone is welcome in his kingdom. 
No matter what mistakes you've made, no matter where you've been, we see more of that when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever given. If we look at the prelude to it in chapter 4, at the end of chapter 4 in the book of Matthew, we see that all kinds of people are gathered there. We have people from Syria. We have people from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea. We've got people from Galilee that, that, that are, we've got people, the Judeans and the Galileans despised each other. We have people from uh, from Split. We have people from the region beyond the Jordan. We have this huge mishmash of different people. We've got Sadducees and Pharisees there. We've just got all these different people. We've got pagans from Decapolis and the Ten Cities there. We've got all these different people that have gathered to hear Jesus Christ, have heard about the miracles, have heard about who he is, have heard about how he serves with compassion in a selfless manner, with empathy and compassion. They've heard about him, and they come and they gathered him. And again, we see that everyone is welcome in the kingdom of God. If you're out there and you're under a bridge, or I don't care where you're listening to this, and you haven't lived for God, and you've made all kinds of mistakes, grace is calling you right now. God wants you in his kingdom. God wants no man to perish, but everyone to come to, to repentance. You know, Christ was truly a revolutionary. He turned everything upside down of the of the order there. The Pharisees and the Sadducees had it all along. It's not about your works. It's about the grace of God. It's not about who you are. It's about who he is. The elite of the day who thought they were all that in a bag of chips, that, those people were not really in. Look at the, the, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. I don't have time to get into it. But the one who was justified was the one that looked up to heaven and said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. First was last and last was first. It wasn't about being high and mighty. It was about serving people. It wasn't an eye for an eye, but turning the other cheek. It wasn't about pride. It was about humility. It wasn't about keeping score. It was about forgiveness. He gave us a new command, love one another. Well, there's no greater way to love someone than help them out of, out of bondage, help them out of a depression, help them out of anxiety, help them when they're down. Look at the example Jesus gave about the Good Samaritan. Help people that don't look like you, don't talk like you, don't act like you, don't even believe like you do. Pray for those who persecute you. Turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. This is a radical message. Jesus said in Luke nine twenty three, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow me. He told the disciples, he took 12 ordinary men and changed the world. Drop your nets. In our society, what Jesus wants today is that we make him the most important relationship in our life. He turned it upside down. Those that exalt themselves will be humbled, and those that humble themselves will be exalted. Pride is mentioned 69 times in the Bible. Pride is what gets us in trouble. It keeps addicts and Christians from getting help. It causes difficulty in relationships. It causes us to treat our wives or our spouses poorly. It bows up our backs, particularly us men. It causes us to do stupid things. It causes us to judge others. Exalt ourselves, our possessions, over our relationship with God, and indeed it separates us from God. Pride is not a good thing, my friends. I'm running out of time. Forgiveness. If the creator of the universe can forgive us, who are we not to forgive each other? In fact, in Matthew six fourteen and 15, Jesus says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. He was a servant. He was criticized for who he hung out with. Sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, the disabled, blind, lepers, outcasts, widows, and aliens. It didn't matter. The adulterous woman, Jesus, went to all of them and said, get up and sin no more. He's a forgiving, loving God. 
And if we're going to really turn this, you know, we've got the enemy coming at us. What I mentioned earlier, from all sides, overdoses, not just from fentanyl, from all drugs, set a, a record last year in this country. More people died from drug overdoses than ever before in the history of this country. We've got confusion about gender we got confusion about all kinds of things. We're at each other's throats politically. We're divided as a society. We need to turn back to what the early church did. There's power. If we read the book of Acts, there's power in the early church. Jesus said in John 14 and 15, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. It's to your advantage. I'm going to send you that I leave. I'm going to send you a helper. You know, it's a story. You know, Jesus witnessed to those early disciples for 40 days after he was resurrected and before he ascended you know there's a, a clear parallel moses was on the mountain sinai getting the, the the 10 commandments for 40 days and when he came down they were worshiping the the, the golden calf and and god sacrificed three thousand souls well, if you look at the book of Acts, when, when the Holy Spirit came upon them and, and bold Peter, who denied Christ, not that, not, you know, just 50 days before that, denied Christ three times, was crazy, cutting off the, the centurion's ear. He, he, now Peter's got the Holy Spirit, and he is a changed man, and he speaks boldly, and God now saves 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls are brought to the Lord. If we look at the, at the, one of my favorite portions of the Bible is Acts and in chapter 2, 42, at the end, when the Bible tells us they were 42 through 47, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many signs and wonders were taking place. I see signs and wonders in my recovery work. I see God delivering people. God is still in the miracle business. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need, day by day continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day to those who were being saved adding to their number day by day to those who are being saved. I tell you, it seems that we're living out the book of Revelation in our lives right now. No one knows the time or hour when he comes back, but I'll tell you this. If you're driving on the streets of Houston right now, we don't know. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And there are people out there that are dying that don't know Jesus Christ. And we are called to preach the gospel to all creation, to make disciples of all nations, to seek and save the lost. If you don't have a ministry, I urge you to get one. If you don't know what to do, just start helping people. Start helping people that are less fortunate than you. Start being the, the light on the hill. Start helping other people. Start being showing the glory of God through your actions because it's his glory. The coming of Christ was about change. He wanted to bring a radical change, radical love, radical empathy, radical healing, radical fellowship, radical transformation, radical deliverance, radical love. There's power in the name of Jesus. And so often, we don't have enough faith to harness it. There's power born from the majesty and awesomeness beyond anything we can imagine and from a humility that, to a degree that we should all strive to claim. 
There is power to see forgiveness in your life, to see the glory of God, to see the grace of God, to heal. Just put aside your pride and live with great humility, to have joy through tribulation, to see how serving others can not only help them but impact your own life. The power to see how suffering will turn into redemption. We serve a God of restoration. He wants to seek and save the lost. He wants everyone to be restored. He wants every man to come to repentance and no one to perish. The power to be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. We indeed, you know, this sermon I gave last Sunday was on 9-11, We have a 9 call to imitate Christ and to seek and save the lost. We want to have the power to finish the race and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So I ask you, if you're listening to my voice, will you answer the 911 call? Will you imitate Christ? Jesus saw the crowd. He saw their condition and he saw their correction. They had need for a leader, a shepherd, a savior. They needed someone to give them hope for today and eternity. Jesus saw what they needed and Jesus felt compassion. Jesus felt concern. And Jesus felt committed to his task. That's the call that I hear. Because God turned my life around. I I couldn't do it on my own. I was lost. But God sent people to shepherd me and to show me how good Jesus is. If you're interested in participating in recovery ministries, I urge you to text me, 832-475-8642. If you need help, text me, 832-475-8642. 8642. This is Pastor John Allworth. You know, we love you at New Covenant Church, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.